It's 2017! And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, kicking off the new year with our annual episode. This is it! It's going to be fun. DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors, Casper and Fireside. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. And also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who is with me celebrating our three-year anniversary of doing this show, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hey, have you ever uh, done that thing, Jeff, on New Year's where you're like, after the New Year comes around and you write, you're writing a check and you accidentally put 1998 on it because you're writing a check? Have you ever done that? When you're in 1998, because that's when you wish you were still living in. Uh, I, I'm excited about 2017, mostly because Horizon Zero Dawn is right around the corner. Resident Evil 7 is literally right around the corner. And if nothing else works out, I have two VR headsets by my side, and I can uh, escape. <laughs> escape into the reality of your choosing. That's yeah. what we like to do. Uh, this is a very special episode. Um, we started DLC the first week of January in 2014. So this is our annual. We do this every year. Just Christian and I, our first episode was just the two of us. So this episode, and uh, every year we do this episode, the first first episode in January, it's just the two of us, no guest. And we are going to look back on the year that was. We're going to look forward to 2017. We are going to make some bold and crazy predictions. Uh, that's always a fun thing. And we're going to hold ourselves accountable for the bold and crazy predictions we made Last year, which is always fun to see where we were right, which is very rarely, and where we were where we were wrong, which is uh, very common. Never, I nailed them all. You did actually really well, I have to admit. There's some yes. really fun, some fun stuff coming up, guys. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the games we're most excited about in 2017. Uh, it's it's gonna be a blast. I I always love this episode. It's fun to just check in with you, Christian. Uh, three years, man. It's the third year anniversary of doing DLC. Congratulations. Thanks. Sometimes when you put it like that, it sounds a little sad. But <laughs> why is it sad? That's awesome. <laughs> it is. It, it's crazy. I the joke I make, like the anecdotal party joke I make, is that having kids or looking back at anniversaries of things really puts time in perspective. Because like you look the same. Like when you grow up along people, you know, you don't really notice the passage of time. And then you have a kid or you have an anniversary or something like that. And you're like, holy crap, uh, my kid is now going to school, walking, talking, riding a bike, and I still never beat Halo 4. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's like, what um, happened? Well, I guess our our kid, our our collective child that we made together, uh, got through the terrible twos and we're into, into three. So that's good. That is good. Yeah, three is a great age. We had, uh, I think... Just to, you know, look back on the year a little bit. I think we had a fantastic year. We had some amazing guests, as we always do. Some guests this year that um, we've been trying to get for a long, long time, like Gerstman finally made it on the show. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm very proud of of the show we made this year. I think we made some some really great improvements. Uh, we added the VR 
talk segment, which I know is a little controversial for people, but I love it. And I yeah, think that was the controversy we brought to this year's show was the VR segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we talk, we talk from our hearts a lot for about, uh, you know, the state of affairs in the world in 2016. And I urged people to vote. And I know certainly by checking our iTunes reviews that, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but uh, I don't regret a second of it because I think that's vital. And I think that, you know, you can't separate your place in the world from the voice that you have in the world. And you can't separate the hobbies that you do from how you feel about other human beings. And I think that those things have to be married and have to be talked about at the same time. And I'm proud that we did that and we will continue to do that. Um, But, you know, we're here to talk about video games and board games and and entertainment for the most part. So it's going to stay positive. Um, we, We took over the audio production of the show this year. And I think that is has reaped benefits. I think the show sounds better than it ever has. Yeah, I mean, it's a little work. And sometimes when you're here on the live show, you'll hear how the sausage gets made. But I, I think the show has never sounded better. Um, the guests, like you said, have been fantastic. And I think in general, 2016, it's hard because it's of, of recency and also trying to get rid of nostalgia for some of the great Super Nintendo Genesis years. But I think 2016 really was one of the best years of gaming. So it was a fun year to be doing a be doing a gaming show. Unlike that stinker 2001. I don't know if that was a real stinker or not. (laughs) Uh, Also, you know, this time every year, I always want to throw the net out to cast a larger uh, pool of of guests on the show. So if you have people in the video game community, um, bloggers that you read, uh, other podcasts that you listen to, people that you would love to hear on our show, we would love to know about them. We, you know, we try to ever expand the the, the voices that you hear on the show, and um, I would love to hear any advice that you have, any people we should reach out to, because um, you know we have a great stable, but we always want to make that stable bigger. So, post on the subreddit, which is five by five dlc dot uh, or email us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Posting on the subreddit is great because people can weigh in. And Oh, dude, have you seen? So I posted. We've had some great. I asked for other people's top five faves. Yeah, a great thread. Oh, my gosh. And then Venerable Hero has started a Google Doc of parting gifts. I know. How great is that? So they're gonna. he's going to keep a running list uh, and go back and, and kind of chronicle all the parting gifts we've ever given at the end of the episode. So our, all, all our little... Uh, recommendations that we have at the end of every episode is going to be in a doc. How great is that? It's so cool. That's awesome, yeah. So you can find that at 5by5dlc.reddit.com. But let's get into the show, Christian. Uh, Like I said, it's going to be a different kind of show. We're going to have three segments. The first is going to be looking at last year's predictions and and reckoning on that. Uh, Second segment is going to be all about 2017 games that we're excited for. And then the last one is where we make our bold and crazy predictions for the year that we will hold ourselves accountable for next year at this time. So let's um, let's dive into our predictions. Um, Christian, the big topic that we were talking about last year was that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Because we knew, having been delayed from 2015, of course it would be released in 2016. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we made we made we got on record and we predicted uh, the NX release and the Zelda release, and this is how that sounded. The NX comes out this year. Zelda's a cross release. Splatoon is ported. Smash is ported, and Star Fox wow. are ported, and those launch simultaneously with the system. That is Christian Spicer in twenty beginning of twenty sixteen predicting that uh, NX and Zelda both out 
in November. Uh, here's here's what I had to say on the same topic. I think Zelda Wii U comes out November alongside NX. So we uh, we whiffed on that one, Christian. Yeah, but like you know, did we? <laughs> In a word, yes, we did. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it, it came out. I meant, you didn't let me finish on that, that prediction. I said it would come out on Jimmy Fallon. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's what I said. I, uh, I believe I believe I said on Jimmy Fallon. Maybe the audio went bad there. Maybe the audio went bad. Uh, well, the reason we made that prediction is because we had talked so much about it coming out at the end of 2015. <laughs> and I even said, if it misses 2015, oh, I don't know what Nintendo is going to do. Uh, and so at the beginning of 2016, we're like, well, it's certainly coming out this year, um, really ignoring all of the history of Nintendo forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I mean, that transit, I, I don't know, do I mention a prediction now, like a regular prediction, or do I hold off on that? Uh, for for this year? Yeah. Well, let's hold off on that. Those are, okay. I mean, if, it, if, it, if you want to work it into the show, you can, but we're going to have a dedicated section of those bullet Okay, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Um, the, the funny thing is we talk so much about uh, Zelda last year and we talked about it coming out uh, at the end of the year and we talked about what the NX was like there was a lot of speculation about what that NX was going to be and uh, I believe uh, one of my bold predictions was about what the NX was going to be and this is what I said last year my bold prediction for the NX is that Amiibo is integrated into every aspect of the machine like you it has a platform that comes standard or is just the top of the console and you place your dude on it and every game has amiibo uh, functionality and they just sort of double down on it being an amiibo machine. Yeah, that's what I said. So I was wrong about that. What happened to amiibo, Christian? Um, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo do what Nintendo don't. Is that can do, can they both be Nintendo? I think what happened to Amiibo is Nintendo ran out of games to make them for. Does that make sense? Like the integration, they didn't never found a way to actually integrate it into the game well. Um, and then they were like, we made all the characters that people like. Let's release a whole bunch of Animal Crossing ones. And then retailers were like, Nah, dude, we're good. <laughs> and Nintendo was like, Oh, okay. I think I think we'll still see some coming around but yeah it's definitely not the toys to life um craze is now toys to life to death unfortunately i guess i really i really still think that's kind of a cool idea but um man i was i was i couldn't have been more wrong because nintendo isn't even really talking about amiibo anymore right they still sell them you can still still, buy them right yeah they still sell them but like that's the thing like what game you know has significant amiibo integration they talked about how breath of the wild will have it if you have the already existing zelda amiibo that will give you something but they haven't they still never went full skylanders disney infinity lego dimension in time in terms of like integrating the figures into the game but maybe retail has shown that that was the right move because you know rest in peace disney infinity lego dimension is still going but on clearance everywhere and i think activision said that the Skylanders was their least successful by far, and it might be the end of the franchise. So, and those were a flash in the pan. Everybody was doing it. It's sort of the uh, the plastic instruments of the last five years. You know, yeah, it's like the VR of um, the no. Next few how years. dare you? We'll get to your <laughs> prediction about VR in a second. But uh, I want to. While we're still on the NX, uh, which is now we know is the Switch, uh, and we will be talking about more in just fifteen short days. They're going to have the uh, the big 
the big switch uh, reveal where they you know get into detail about that launch lineup and stuff. It's going to be a very exciting episode to talk about that. But um, we actually had last year. I don't know if you remember. We had a uh, a listener to the show predict that it was going to be this hybrid machine that was both a handheld and a uh, that would plug into a home console into your TV. A lot of people were predicting that, but but we uh, we had this to say about that prediction. I hope that's not right. Does the handheld have enough processing power to work independently of the home is what I don't. I understand how everybody thinks well, they have this handheld market and they have the home market. Why not hybrid make them the same? I just feel like why do you want to destroy the 3DS when it's not doing poorly? Hopefully that was a bold one and not a I put money on this in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the laughter we had. Laugh, I don't like laugh, this show laugh. anymore, Jeff. This show is basically telling people don't listen to our show anymore because of how nothing. wrong we are. We know nothing. <laughs> we actually got some right, and those are coming up. I'm kind of saving the we got one right for the end. We'll leave people with a good taste in their mouth. <laughs> but, um, man, were we wrong about that. I like how we were laughing. Oh, it's oh man. I hope he didn't put money on that in Vegas. Meanwhile, this guy doesn't listen to our show anymore because he bought a yacht with the money he put down in Vegas on his uh, – <laughs> Well, I, switch prediction. I stand by the idea, though, and it's kind of been proven right by these rumors, and maybe in 15 days I'll be proven wrong again, but about the problem of processing, the processing power of the, um, you know, when it's portable and then the battery life. Those still remain two big, big questions, and it looks like it's severely, or not severely, but substantially underclocked when it's portable, and you're not going to be seeing Xbox One or PS4 level gra- – anywhere near Xbox One or PS4 level graphics uh, from the Switch. And I, I think in the long run that will hamper third-party support and ultimately the longevity of the console. So, you know, li- there's a little truth to our uh, BS as well. <laughs> a little truth to our BS. That's, that's, that should be the title of our show. It's not DLC. It's called There's a Little Truth to Our BS. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, it's to our credit that we hold ourselves accountable for these uh, these predictions and uh, – you know, this is, this is all in good fun. Uh, Christian's first bold prediction last year uh, was about VR. And here's what he had to say at that time. I think VR underwhelms this year. You're saying it, it underwhelms, what, from a sales perspective? I think in all perspectives. I think from a sales perspective, from gamers enjoying the games on it, in terms of, like, people owning it and using it, even you. And you will love it. You will talk about how awesome it is when it comes out and how glad you're out and how it totally delivers and I have to come over and try it. And I think even you will find it sitting on your shelf collecting dust most of the time while you play Heroes of the Storm, not in VR. (laughs) Nailed it. I nailed that. Well, I mean, in parts you nailed it. Um, I think, yes, it it certainly didn't light the world on fire sales-wise. I think they sold fine. But... I don't think you fine. Did you see the adjusted sales reports when the initial ones were too high and they took everything way down? For Sony, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment that you got that mostly right. But I think you said it was gonna people were gonna be underwhelmed. It was not gonna be. There was a lot of discussion on that episode about VR because it, none of it had come out yet. And every year for the last three years, I've announced that this year will be the year of VR, <laughs> and I was finally right last year. Um, but uh well i was i was right you helped make me right on that one though jeff because you own three vr headsets so chances are one of them is always collecting dust (laughs) (laughs) just the odds are there's dust somewhere exactly yeah Uh, i have to be right on that and now they're just packed in boxes you don't even have them out 
I do have. I don't have them out yet, but that's just going to move into a new house. Um, they, but I have not. They have not collected dust. Yes, I have been continuing to play Heroes of the Storm, not in VR, but only because I can't play Heroes of the Storm in VR. Oh, and, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I play my VR constantly. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, it, we, there was a lot of discussion in that episode about you know from from listeners and from us about what the problems in VR were going to be. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of listeners saying that. It was the year after they released. The year was going to be dominated by memes of people throwing up and being isolated. None of that happened. I mean, it was kind of dominated by VR memes, just VR funded memes. I think is how the year was dominated. VR funded memes. Uh, I know you and you in that episode had talked a lot about how uh, you were worried about. You didn't understand what exclusivity on VR was going to be like. Why would anybody want to do exclusives on VR? It didn't make any sense. Well. It made it, – it's exactly what happened. It kind of didn't make sense, but a lot of – it still, Yeah, still, I still feel like it doesn't make sense. The only reason it makes sense is otherwise you can't get funding for a game because the install base isn't there to make it financially viable. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. But th- I don't think it's going anywhere, and I think it has a very bright future. I mean I know I'm, I'm Pollyanna a little bit on this because I love it so much, but uh, I, I honestly think that just developer enthusiasm alone is going to carry this thing – forward and it is more people try it more people are going to love it and i think it's uh i think it has has a solid future and like i said last week i i think if ready player one the film comes out and is a big hit it will be a boon for um interest in vr in general but you clearly stand by your prediction from last year i guess no i mean i hope you're right i think it still has trouble i think vr will be a round in a thing i think its best implementations will be in theme park demo type things and i think until you have you know it still requires a lot it's a dedicated room a space a lot of cables my brother-in-law got a daydream for his birthday and he was him we they were playing um uh no uh, keep talking no one explodes and like think i think something like that is still an easier way to demo and show people vr than like Come into my office. Put this on. Stand right. here. Do, and when you get all that stuff set up, it's incredible and mind blowing. But it has a ways to go until it's that mainstream thing. But I agree. I don't think it's going anywhere. I just don't think it's going to go anywhere either. You know what I mean? Like I don't think <laughs> it's <laughs> not this going year, anywhere. It's just not going anywhere. Right. Like this year, like you know, your friend won't own one. You know what I mean? You have to still find your friend that owns one. It's not like, oh yeah, you know, Bill down the streets the Sega kid, Joe up the streets the Nintendo kid, and I can just go play games. It's it won't be that prevalent still. Fair enough. Uh, this is what I had to say with regard to VR predictions. My big VR uh, bold prediction is that this time next year we're going to be talking about uh, a legit game of the year candidate that is a VR only game. Uh, I guarantee a year from now you will be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I was. Uh, I had a whole list of uh, games of the year in VR. Um, no, you created a separate list because no VR games were good enough to be on your actual game of the year list. Well, that that prediction actually grew out of a prediction that happened the year before. In fact, I, I feel like I'm always a year ahead of predictions because the year, <laughs> the oh. year before, the 2015 <laughs> bold prediction was that there was going to be a big mainline franchise that was going to have a VR entry in it and you scoffed and now we have Resident Evil 7 and I think that it was I was just ahead of my ahead of my time that's all it was I was just ahead of my time and so that one was trying to up the ante and say okay not only is there a uh, you know it's 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 there's going to be a game of the year uh, but that that was a little more than I probably should have gone I like it never stop believing 
Never stop, never stopping. Uh, all right, here's Christian's uh, other bold prediction. Crash Bandicoot is the one. It will get a remaster. I loved Crash. I think Crash 2 is probably the best. Crash 1 is, is the thing for me because it was like Sonic, you know, of, of PlayStation. But I don't know. I don't know, if I, I don't know if I need that or want that. So you're right again. Yeah, no official sequel, I think, because of licensing IP uh, HE double hockey sticks. But um, it's coming back. And it's funny, too, because I remember I do. I love like OG Crash. And I remember watching the PlayStation Experience thing and then seeing like how much better it looks. But then seeing that it was still the same and me thinking, do I need this? <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad Crash is back. I think he's a fun mascot for sure. Well, congratulations on nailing that prediction. Uh, our chat room is talking about Game of the Year VR, and uh, Casey Asante says, Call the Starseed is totally Game of the Year caliber. And I agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, you you nailed the Crash Bandicoot thing. Do you still think that you want it or not want it? You said I, you're not sure that you want it last year. Now we know exactly what it is, and it was playable at the, the Sony experience. Uh, do you want it? Yeah, I mean that's uh what I was just saying. Like I don't I don't know if I want it still. Like it looks great, but I'm still like not sure if that is the property to go back to versus, you know, this year's Ratchet or 2016's Ratchet and Clank where it was like the same game but updated so much it felt new and fresh and fun. And so I'm not sure if just a a beautiful remaster of Crash gets me excited, but I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see more from the mascot because he's such a he's such a fun uh, character that can totally be updated or just remain this nostalgic, like sassy <laughs> '90s guy, which I think that it's the right time for '90s nostalgia. Here's another one that I made that I was wrong about because of E Valkyrie and Star Citizen and those type of games being popular and having money behind them and Kickstarter success. I think EA announces X-wing versus Tie Fighter. So they didn't, uh, but they should. I, I think that might be one that I was just a little early on again <laughs> because that might happen this year. Uh, I'm still hopeful that, they, that it happens. Yeah, they really should. And I will throw my hat in the ring of some form of VR support because that limited, even just Battlefront X-Wing mission is so great. Could you imagine TIE Fighter in that? Ooh, mm, delicious. Uh, you didn't do as many predictions last year as I did. Here's another one that I... Uh that I made. How about this? The next Assassin's Creed game takes place in the future. What do you think about that? Uh, we still, we, I, that, that one technically isn't wrong because we haven't had an Assassin's Creed game since I said that. Yeah, so, we did. This, the London, oh no, that was already out. Yeah, we had a year off from Assassin's Creed. So you were right. It takes place in the future. It comes out in 2017. You I nailed was it. right. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what do you think about that? The next Assassin's Creed game. I mean, they took a year off. Maybe it'll be. Uh, maybe it'll be awesome. I don't know if it's going to take place in the future or not. Certainly, the movie was terrible, but maybe the game will be good. I hope so. I think that franchise has so much going for it just in terms of um, the character design, the idea of being stealthy and killing people in a crowd. You know, when they kind of introduced that back in the very first one, it was such a new fresh take on stealth, which is normally, you know, pioneered by games like Splinter Cell or uh, Metal Gear where it's like you in a warehouse that's empty and you got one guy you got to sneak up on or maybe three guys you got to kind of navigate around. Um, I really hope that like the... 
the franchise doesn't die, but I hope they, they're able to find a way to give it fresh, fresh breath and, and get something going with it. Because, yeah, that movie was awful. The games have struggled. I know Unity um, and Black Flag, like there have been some brighter spots, but I, I hope they nail it when it comes back. Because Ubisoft does a lot of good. So hopefully they can figure out how to get Assassin's Creed back. Are you excited to, to you know, step back in? I've never been a huge fan of that franchise. I mean, never, not even with Assassin's Creed 2, which is the one I like the most of them. Uh, I, even that one, it, didn't, it never was my favorite game. I just, I enjoy, as I've said many times on the show, I enjoy the settings much more than I enjoy the actual game. So if they switch up the game and make it uh, wildly different from what it has been or, or you know, kind of reinvent the the moment-to-moment of the game, I would be much more interested to see what that could be like. But it seems like rather than change up the game, they've actually changed all of the other Ubisoft games to be more like Assassin's Creed. So, as but you've liked that. I mean, you like the Division. I love the Division, but I don't think Division is like Assassin's Creed. It's just open world. That's that's. The only but you thing. just said they changed all of the games. To like well, I'm, I'm thinking of like all these, you know, all these <laughs> other open world, Ghost Recon, and all these other games that are, uh, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that the game comes out, and I, I would love to love an Assassin's Creed. I, like I said, I'm intrigued by the, the all the settings and the the rendering of those virtual worlds is always fascinating to me. I just wish that what I did in them was more fun. But yeah, uh, all right. Speaking of Ubisoft, it's about time for me to have uh, a, a, a prediction that I got right. So listen to this. I made very few predictions so that hopefully next year I'm right and you keep making them and I'll just laugh at you. <laughs> I think we're getting a Watch Dogs 2. Ugh. And I, th- I think Watch Dogs 2 is the Assassin's Creed 2 of Watch Dogs games. Okay, you, went through me fr- my frown- you turned my frown right upside down. Yeah, I think, I think it- Watch Dogs 2 is to Watch Dogs as Assassin's Creed 2 is to Assassin's Creed. I think I nailed that! You nailed that, and I nailed laughing at most of your predictions. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you clearly even said uh, I'm not predicting very much because I want you to fail, and that that played out. So kudos to you. But um, <laughs> but yeah, did you see how you scoffed at me when I when I even brought up the concept of Watch Dogs Two? You said ugh. Yeah, but that's because until you said it was going to be the Assassin's Creed Two of Watch Dogs, I was not on board. But then you painted it in a in a beautiful light, and I became on board. And don't you think that exactly what happened? That uh, you know, people really dug Watch Dogs too. It it changed up the franchise in a in a very positive way, and I think people have a much more positive view of of what the Watch Dogs franchise offers. Yeah, I mean, I think that franchise has legs now, and it uh, it you know before Watch Dogs two, it definitely did not. I think the biggest thing Watch Dogs had going for it before that was the Wii U port. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> nailed one. Yes. Nailed it. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right, uh, prepare yourselves because we also, you know, we do bold predictions, which those were, but we also do crazy predictions where we really go out on uh, on a on a limb. I kind of want to save this one, but it's it's so good, dude. It's so this is Christian last year making a, a crazy prediction, and listen to how I respond to him. Here we go. Microsoft announces their next console. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I that's so. crazy. I know, and it might be. This is how I hedge my crazy bet. It might be a beefed up Xbox One. It might be you don't need it. You can still play Gears Four with on on your old Xbox One. But if you have the new one, it's a little shinier. It, it's 1080p. Or... Whoa, dude! 
Christian Spicer. You just predicted the Scorpio. Yeah, I uh, felt pretty good about that. I also think I said that somewhere it might be shown but not launched. Uh, yeah, yeah, I left out the parts where you got it wrong. But yeah, you no, said, I got that right. Well, you but you said it was going to be shown at like a a, a develop or a, a investor meeting and okay. Yeah. Well, thank you then for saving. But yeah, I, I I'm excited. Out the parts where you were wrong. That was uh, that was cra- I was completely incredulous. I I thought you were insane to suggest that Microsoft would would release a new console and you got down to the, to, to really getting it very accurate. I'm very that's impressed, it, man. That's it's that's almost awesome. like I have a source inside Microsoft that leaked me their four year playbook well, you two years ago. You shouldn't reveal that. You shouldn't say that. No, I said, that it's almost true. like that. Right. No, Todd no. Johnson <laughs> who works on floor four and red. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was, uh, that was very impressive. A crazy prediction that like word for word came true. That's, uh, that's why people tune into this show for that kind of commentary, Christian. Good job. Yeah, but we who already said in, earlier in the chat that even a broken watch shows the right time twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here are my crazy predictions. Uh, so enjoy these. <laughs> are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, this is crazy. Uh, Nintendo never releases Star Fox Zero. And, and I ask you now, a year later, do you have any proof that they did? <laughs> yeah because it's like two dollars from gamefly or something <laughs> yeah like I, I don't see anyone i have no there's been no i have no memory of it coming out did anyone Wait, play it i can do a quick audio edit and it says nintendo shouldn't release <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that was the crux of my position was that it, it, it was bad at e3 and they they wouldn't they would realize that and not put it out but uh it definitely came and went so i was close to being right but i i really thought it wasn't i thought they were going to bury it in the chat, uh, Tonga Dosa and Crying Scotsman. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Redmond, Todd Johnson quietly packs his belongings from his desk. Yeah, we didn't get Todd Johnson fired, dude. I hope there's someone named Todd Johnson. Also, you're terrible at coming up with fake names. <laughs> Todd Johnson, really? That's the hope, though. That's the hope that no one has that name. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, here's, uh, here's another crazy prediction from yours truly uh, that, I, uh, that I whiffed on. Uh, I will say my other crazy prediction. This is crazy, and it kind of picks up on a prediction that I made last year that didn't come true, but I'm going to make it again and be more specific this time. Okay. And it's going to have to do with VR, so suck it. Uh, Portal 3 VR game. Portal 3 exclusively Vive VR. Yeah, well, that didn't happen. And I think that was but, the one where I was more like I was I was building on last year when I said it was going to be a there was going to be a game a franchise in 2015 I said there was going to be a game franchise that it comes out with VR and uh and I was I was right eventually on that one. So maybe I'll be right eventually on this one. I mean, I wish you were right and I I I just don't know how hard it would be to do that game, but I mean, they definitely have Portal Universe in Vive, right? You know, I think they understood the appeal of it. It would was it Playroom or what do they call their little um, the lab? The lab, yeah. yeah so you're right. So I was you know, kind of right. You were kind of right. It's there, and you should have been a hundred percent right because that would have been huge. I just don't know if Valve cares about making games anymore. I'll take kind of right <laughs> any day of the week. All right, so that does it for our uh, our reckoning from last year. I hope you found that fun. I had uh, I had a good time going through and picking out all those. Oh wait. Wait a minute. There's one last thing I said. My other, my other crazy prediction is that Christian Spicer owns a VR headset by the end of 
2016. I look forward to that birthday or Christmas gift from you, Jeff Canada. <laughs> <laughs> How far will I go to be right with a crazy prediction? <laughs> they laughed and laughed. And you know what? I was wrong because you don't own a VR headset. <laughs> you own two VR headsets, Christian Spicer. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> Well, I should say I was kind of right because you did offer a very generous gift that I had to politely decline uh, and then later spent my own money on a VR headset. So I would only say it was because of the encouragement of your generosity. Uh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Dude, you were so good with that reveal and that one more thing. Like, you should be an actor, dude. I had no idea. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's move on now. But we do have to thank our sponsor, Casper. Uh, Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress to sell directly to customers. So what they did was they eliminated that annoying commission-driven warehouse experience with inflated prices. And they give it a, a mattress. They deliver a mattress directly to you, the customer. Their award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house. It has a sleek design and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that size box. And in addition to the mattress, Casper offers an adapted pillow and soft, breathable sheets. This is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. You're talking to somebody who just moved into a new house and, man, mattresses, they they need to be replaced, <laughs> especially when you move. You realize, oh, I didn't realize what that mattress looked like under there. You gotta be you gotta be more careful about where you lay your head at night. You want to have good sleep. Sleep is the key to having a very happy life. Honestly, if you have bad sleep, you're not going to be a happy person. And the good news is, the engineers at Casper, who are all in house, they spent. Thousands of hours developing the Casper supportive, supportive memory foam to create a just an, a great sleeping experience. It has breathable design. It keeps you cool and regulates your temperature throughout the night. But the best part is that you can try out the Casper mattress on your own, in your own home, completely risk-free. And that is because they will deliver it to you for free and let you return it for free for 100 nights. So you can try out the mattress for 100 nights. And if you don't absolutely love it, they'll come back to your house and pick it up and refund your, your purchase price in, in full. That's pretty amazing. That's how much they believe in their product. And it, it really makes you be able to try out the mattress and decide whether or not you're going to, to like it. You don't have to just lay on a, a mattress for five minutes in a store. You get to try it out at home for 100 nights. Time Magazine named them one of the best inventions of 2015. And it's made in America, so you can feel good about that as well. Plus, we're going to hook you up with uh, 50 bucks off your mattress purchase. All you got to do is go to casper.com slash DLC. That's C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash DLC. And then put in the promo code at checkout, DLC, and you'll get your $50 off. You'll get to upgrade your sleep. Make a resolution in 2017 to sleep better by going to casper.com slash DLC. Using that promo code DLC and buying yourself an uh, inexpensive, high-quality, great sleep experience. Casper.com slash DLC, promo code DLC. All right, Christian, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the video games 
coming in 2017 that we're excited about. There's a huge list of stuff we know about. There's some stuff that's rumored, some, some stuff that's just a hope, just a twinkle uh, that, we, uh, that we hope 2017 will deliver to us. Uh, where do you want to start? What, what, what would be um, – I, I suppose the best place to start is with our game of E3. We awarded the DLC game of E3 uh, this year. In fact, we handed a cake to the head of the studio – uh, for Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, are you still full of anticipation for that game? Do you has any of that waned? Or I, I've seen a lot of of websites online predicting that it will not be as good as we all hope, which makes me sad to hear because I'm still full of excitement for Horizon Zero Dawn. Really, people are are negging on it already. That uh, makes me sad. I think it looks great. I think it looks gorgeous. The trailers they show for it look great. Um, you know, our time with it at E3 was phenomenal. So I'm I'm still overly optimistic for it. I, I feel like. I hope it's not bad. I don't know how it can be bad. It's such a cool. I don't know how thing. it can be bad either. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was kind of perusing some of the the web, looking at other people's predictions so that I didn't copy anybody. And uh, uh, man, people are negative. <laughs> Almost all the predictions I read for 2017 were like, "This game's gonna suck. We're all gonna. It's gonna be. It's all gonna be delayed. It's all gonna be broken. Everything's gonna be ruined." Everybody, man, I, I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna decide to just make all my predictions positive and exciting because that's what I look forward to." Instead of reading about anyway, well, it's so, easy to make a negative prediction because you'll always find someone that agrees with it, right? <laughs> like, there was like, a the list on Forbes.com of 60 predictions in the for video games for 2017, and it's like the most depressing cynical list of things i've ever read i was like oh why would anybody want to even read this it's anyway that's neither here nor there um what, well, what's it is, it's there though it's def it's there yeah it's not here you're right it's not it's, here it's, it's neither <laughs> it's not here but it is there um so what's another game you, you mentioned resident evil 7 at the top of the show um as a, as a game is that a game that you are personally excited to play I am very excited to play it. I'm very excited to try it in, in VR and see if it works. You know, I'm a, a big Resident Evil fan from way back in the day. I think I've talked about it on this show and on Weekend Confirmed. Garnet Lee and I uh, both wax poetically about our love for the Resident Evil franchise. I have written, but has never hit the stage, maybe still one day, Will, a um, Resident Evil, the game, the musical, which uh, I still laugh at every time I read it. I think it's very funny. Um, <laughs> that song, Leon! Leon! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lots of classics like uh, "You Almost Made Me a Jill Sandwich" is a, is a big oh, hit. Um, that's good. Yeah, uh, this guy you've never heard of. Uh, I think his name's like Leon Mandel. Did the music for it. He's great. Um, <laughs> green, green herb, red herb. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. And I'm excited. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. So I think it's you know it's an easy game to be excited about until until it comes out. There hasn't they haven't shown anything that. Aside from, you know, it not being VR best practices when they showed it at E3. <laughs> yeah. But they haven't shown anything that makes me not excited. And then your hour um, hands-on with it, you know, it only got me more hyped. Yeah, that was that was the turning point for me because I honestly wasn't that excited about it until I played that hour. Uh, and I hope that that hour didn't mislead me and didn't mislead everybody who listened to me uh, rave about it because, uh, man, it was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling. And if it can sustain that for, you know, six to eight hours or more uh, that would be uh, pretty intense and incredible experience um what do you uh what do you think will be i don't know if i want to leap right to game of the year but i feel like there are three big contenders already we we, we kind of assume there are three big contenders for the game of the year at the end of the year i would i would submit that the easy uh, no-brainer 
Game of the Year contenders for 2017, Mass Effect Andromeda, Red Dead Redemption 2, Zelda Breath of the Wild, right? Those are sort of, as we look on the horizon, those are sort of the, the you feel like they're Oscar bait, right? Yeah, I would say that Mass Effect is maybe the dark horse in that. I know it's coming really? from... what Because it, it's, it's a new team. Everyone that was at, not everyone, but most of the people... Um, you know that we're at Bioware are no longer there. You're no longer playing as Shepard. Like this, it, it, it's a long shot. I think it's going to be well made by a team that you know has love and care for the franchise. But this isn't Mass Effect Two. You know what I mean? Like this is a whole new galaxy and a whole new uh, approach to Mass Effect. So I think it's it runs the potential of, of of irking some fans, unfortunately. Which of those three games do you think is going to be the one you like the most? And then which one do you think will be the one that critics? award the most awards to i think it's red dead i think it it has to be red in both categories yeah i mean look at the last game that rockstar released that wasn't universally praised i don't know what it was Um, right even table tennis people liked you know (laughs) it was a good game um and the, the care they put into those worlds and i think that that western setting helps with a lot of my problems with those open world games at least red dead one did so I'm, I'm really excited about that and i think it's hard to ever bet against rockstar there's one game that oh i mean i can get to it later i don't think it will come out in 2017 but there are a few games that could maybe push it down personally for me but um i mean how could you not how could you not be hyped for that and zelda I, i've talked about it on this show i don't want to be the negative guy but i i don't think it's doing much to be for me for me personally really yeah i thought you were all excited about switch i'm excited about switch but if you go back to our e3 hands-on uh breath of the wild left me kind of underwhelmed it just feels like more of the same but in a bigger world that's filled with less stuff Mm -hmm. i think you're gonna be wrong i think i think that game's gonna be breathtaking you know what i mean (laughs) um yeah i i don't know i i think i for my money i think mass effect probably is is the one that i expect will get the most critical really yeah wow i hope red dead's amazing i i think i expect it to be amazing but i I expect it to be amazing in a very similar way to all the other rockstar games i don't think it's going to be i mean did gta 5 win a bunch of awards yeah i guess it did did. and also all of the money (laughs) well i'm not i'm not i have no doubt it will get all of the money but uh I, i i i want red redemption 2 to live up to the first game and i was really hoping that it would change up the uh or just add some new flavor to what you actually do in in a rockstar game and i i fear that it will just be a new story in a new really wonderfully rendered world and and that's that's probably enough to make it great and i'm sure it will be great i just how long is is rockstar going to keep making the same kinds of games right they're just basically making these giant open world story games and i guess that's great but I would love there to be some innovation there too. I mean, I feel like though every other developer largely is still playing catch up to that. Like when everyone else That's is still true. making open world games and none of them are as good as polished as as Rockstar games tend to be, then I get, you keep making it hail to the king, baby, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other games you want to you want to bring up right at the top here? I mean, some little. I hope Gravity Rush Two is phenomenal. I hope. Uh, near Automata or however you say that is is phenomenal. Like some some unsung heroes that people might not know about. I hope Crackdown Three comes out this year. I um, think it will. I think it will. I mean, I've I've been excited about that game for two years now, but man, it's at the top of my list for things to be really really thrilled for. Right. I, I just want to be collecting orbs, baby. 
yeah, if they nail that game, it's such a it's such a great franchise to have fun in and just be the superhero and they let you be the superhero that I think that's that's really exciting. And then I hope you know, a friend of the show, Adam Sessler, was involved in it and kind of getting the launch. I hope the Friday the 13th game delivers and is a hit for fans and backers and then kind of maybe, be, I know there are some other games that do it, the 1v5 kind of approach, but I think putting that IP on it is a is a cool way to do it. And I love the Friday the 13th franchise. I love Jason. So I'd love to see a game kind of come out and knock that out of the park. I've heard people in the beta or alpha, I forget which one it is, are enjoying it. So hopefully that can kind of be the... I want Kickstarter success stories, you know, not like, oh, this game's still not out. Yeah, last year, you know, we we actually selected one game that we were most excited for. Uh, I don't know if you remember, last year you picked Firewatch, which I think okay. is a pretty great pick and turned out to be a really solid, wonderful experience. <laughs> I picked Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Which you never played. I never even played it. <laughs> How terrible is that? What a hypocrite I am. Uh, but man, yeah. But the reason I never played it, it came out like at a weird time. Was it E3 years? It was, came out at a weird time where I was like out of – I was unable to play it for some reason. I can't well, you know it still why. exists though, right? Yeah, I know. But but my point is that, that it got such a huge uh, negative reaction and there were so many other things going on at that time that I never even – return to it and i i feel bad yeah feel it's a bad, bad game was... it's, a, it's a bad game but then we both came up with one and the one we both came up with that we were most excited to play in 2016 was uh, horizon zero dawn so <laughs> well it's good it's, uh, consistent solved. yeah uh and then the audience we pulled the audience and the game that they were most excited about uh for for last year was uncharted 4 so kudos on the audience and uh and then zelda breath of the wild which uh, <laughs> didn't happen either yeah uh, so I will ask you that same question. This, if you could pick one game uh, that you're most most excited about, and it doesn't have to be the game you'll think it will be the best, but one that you just intrigues you more than any other, uh, what would that be? It's tough because it hasn't been officially announced, but that Super Mario 3D World 2 or whatever they mm-hmm. showed on Switch, yeah. because I am super excited about the Switch. I loved Super Mario Land, Super Mario 3D Land, and Super Mario 3D World for the 3DS, and then the Wii U. And I, I would love to have that. I think that's a perfect Switch game where you can play a level, uh, you know, while you're on the bus or the train or wherever you are. And um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited. I hope that game comes out, <laughs> yeah. and I hope it's amazing. What about I you? I hope it's an actually a thing rather than just like something they mocked up for that commercial. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mine is the Insomniac Spider-Man game. That's not this year, though. No way, right? I don't think so. It's got to come out when the movie comes out, don't you think? I'd hope so, but I I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's a 2018 game, but I'm hopeful it's this year. Hey, Todd Johnson, give me a call, buddy. Let me know. Yeah, yeah Todd Johnson is deep, deep undercover. Uh, he, just, he recently just got hired by Insomniac and now fired from Insomniac. Yeah, he was let go at Microsoft now. Yeah, just sorry about yeah. that, Insomniac. <laughs> yeah, the last 20 minutes, he got hired and fired. Um, the other one that also might not come out this year, but I, I was so excited about it that I actually kickstarted it. And it's, I believe it's the first video game that I've ever kickstarted. Uh, and that's the the next Bard's Tale game. Mm-hmm. And that's because the first Bard's Tale game, back when I was a little kid, was one of the first games that just sparked my imagination and made me fall in love with PC games, made me fall in love with role-playing games. It it just it was magic. And uh, the fact that Brian Fargo is back working on this new Bard's Tale that kickstarted it, 
I am so hopeful it, it both comes out this year and is wonderful and worthy of that franchise, uh, redeeming that franchise and making it back to being a uh, top-tier role-playing franchise. Uh, I really hope Artsdale 4 is amazing. Yeah, and that, that franchise has always had fun, right? It's always taken um, you know, that world but made it a fun one to play in and, and taken some liberties where other games have been you know, a little more straight to the narrative, if that makes sense. A couple of people in the chat room are bringing up Cuphead as a game. Uh, boy, that is one of those that has fallen off my hype hype train. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it fell off and rolled through the dust like a like a cowboy, uh, and the train kept rolling along to a new destination. <laughs> because, you know, it, there there are games that sort of peak for for hype and then still don't come out and still don't come out and you're like oh yeah i guess i was still excited about that uh are you still excited for cuphead no <laughs> were you ever yeah i think when they showed it it looked beautiful with that 50s it certainly era. still looks beautiful it does and i think they've, they're building out the game because i remember the first time i went hands-on with it it was just kind of boss a boss run or boss battles yeah. and i found the animation priority to be get in the way of a bullet hell type game um, so I found it more frustrating than fun, but that's also on an E3 show floor. Like, is it a game that I will play and that I hope and hope and hope is good? Yes. Is it a game that I'm like, you know, if I had uh, a, a monkey's paw and could make one wish a game come out today, it, it wouldn't be Cuphead for me. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some more. And if you're in the chat and you want to throw out some other games for us to bring into the discussion, please feel free to do so. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Prey. I think mm-hmm. Prey is is really intriguing to me and really exciting. And what they've shown so far looks – I don't know why it's called Prey, but I don't care because it looks awesome. you got um, to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Um, pray. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that, that game <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for. Um, I'm, I really have high hopes for what that experience is like. It looks beautiful and creepy and enigmatic and strange and – uh, I hope that comes out this year and is cool. And Square and Eidos or, you know, whatever you want. I mean, I think they have consistently last year and this year, maybe it was 14 in this year, released some of the best games that for whatever reason don't get the full-on hype bandwagon that other games do. Where, like, you know, people are maybe a little negative on, um, oh, come on, brain. Um, uh, bionic Op guy, golly. Bionic Commando? No, oh, the guy no, that I... <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Deus Ex. Thank you very much. Yeah. But even that game, like, is still like reviewed in the, I believe, like the mid '80s, mid to high '80s, and you know, Tomb Raider, Hitman made a lot of people's game of the year lists. So I think there's, you know, a lot of reason to be excited about Prey. Yeah, or is I Prey agree. Bethesda? Now I'm blanking. My brain is just done. I don't even know. But Bethesda Prey, too I think is Prey is, uh, Bethesda. We could be wrong. Um, what else? What else is on your radar for 2017? Well, I think if there's a game that makes it uh, that we know about right now, it's a VR game that makes it into people's best of the year. I think that could be Star Trek Bridge right, Crew. Bridge Crew, yeah, yeah. I'm really hyped for that. I've played that a number of times now, um, and it's just ridiculously fun. Ridiculously fun. I mean, social in VR is a really wonderful thing, and uh, yeah, I mean, having to use teamwork and and the layer of of familiarity with the Star Trek universe, I'm I'm so in for that game. Yeah, 
yeah, like smart brand IP goes a long way. Like I said about the Star Wars Battlefront VR mission, like it's great to play E Valkyrie. Uh, it's great to play the Call of Duty VR mission. But like when you hear the John Williams score kick in, you're like, this is what I <laughs> this is what I really wanted. And yeah. I'm sure like Star Trek's the same thing. You can play any of those co-op VR games that are around. But also when you look down and you see your, you know, your little Enterprise uh, sweater on, you, you got to get hyped. Yeah, totally. You do get hyped and you look down at your little hands and you're like, oh, I'm. I'm in Star Trek. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Nuff Drew for two in the chat says below, uh, and that's definitely a game that I had on my list. Uh, uh, I'm excited for that indie uh, indie game from the same guys that did Sword and Sorcery. Um, yeah, it, that game is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be intense. It's kind of uh, Dark Soulsy, and in, in the sense that you 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 know. It doesn't tell you anything. You kind of have to figure everything out. The one genuine fear I have about Below, Christian, and this is crazy, but I think legit, I think it might destroy my eyes. <laughs> everything in that game is so tiny. Yeah. That, and it's a cool aesthetic. Like, it's a very unique aesthetic, but everything is minuscule, and there's no zoom. At least there hasn't been in any of the builds I've played before. Uh, I'm really excited for this game, but I fear that I'm going to be like standing up and walking across the room and looking at my television. <laughs> you got to play on your PC so you can sit. You got to play in VR. I guess so. Yeah. Hey, also Jeff, Todd Johnson has joined uh, the live chat. <laughs> oh, it's because he's unemployed now. <laughs> yeah. He's able to listen live finally. Um, what about some of these, you know, like ukulele is supposed to be this year. Are you legitimately excited for ukulele? I guess people are excited for ukulele, but I don't know why. Well, I was going to say ukulele and Shenmue 3 might both be this year, and those are both... There's no way Shenmue 3 is this year. I don't think so either, but I hope so. There is no way that Shenmue... Mark it down. I will play this recording next year. No way that Shenmue 3 comes out in 2017. The only way I think it makes this year is that what people have seen of the game, apparently it still looks like Shenmue. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't mean like it's the spirit of Shenmue. Like it looks like Shenmue um, that maybe it comes out. But I, again, I just want these positive Kickstarter stories to be coming out. So I hope Ukulele comes out. I'm excited for Ukulele the way that um, you know Ratchet and Clank blew me away um, this past year. So I think there's yeah. room for these types of franchises to exist and it's people from a, a good pedigree. And if it's a game that, um, I got the, the, the Ness, uh, classic for my daughter for Christmas. And it's like getting her into gaming. If that's a game that she can sit and play also, then I'm, I'm all the more for it. But, you know, do I think it's going to be a hit if I were, you know, gun to my head? No, I think I'll probably review in the sevens or something like that. Uh, Stephen a rivers in the chat says, is Detroit become human this year? I think it will be, uh, and I'm very excited for that game. I, you know, I love Heavy Rain. I love all those David Cage joints. Um, and what I played at E3 of Detroit Became Human, or what I saw being played, I should say, uh, is uh, you know, more of his kind of very unique take on what video games are. And I'm into it, man. I'm into it, especially if he starts taking advantage. That seems like a guy that's going to take advantage of the PS4 Pro, you know, that he's really going to, with the time and the effort that that he puts into his games and having having enough time with the system being out in the wild now, I bet Detroit Becoming Human takes advantage of that system. I also just like it because I like saying the name in a sentence. Like, it never flows well. <laughs> like, is Detroit Become Human this year? What? <laughs> You're forgetting some verbs in there. Yeah. 
Uh, Wii Who says that Shenmue 3 in 2017 release is now confirmed because I'm so wrong about everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so be it. If, if I can use my powers for good, then I will. Uh, what, what else, Christian? What else do you got on your on – your, uh, what about For Honor? Are you interested in that game? No. Me neither. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It looks like it should be cool, but I don't know no. why I don't care about For Honor. It looks so yeah. generic to me. It does not. It, yeah, it, it looks like uh, – what was that Simpsons episode where Homer builds a car? You know <laughs> yeah, about? where he like puts all the coolest things in it. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it's like. And it's, what if a samurai fought uh, a ninja? Yeah. What if a ninja also fought a knight? Yep. And like what if <laughs> – uh, and I've I've heard. It sounds so uh, cynical to say that, but because those are cool ideas, and that, that it does sound like a cool idea for a game. Like, yeah, let those crazy des- disparate fighting styles duke it out and see what happens. That is cool. But it looks cool. It's cool. I think if they make it like if they lean into it and they're like, look how cool this is. But everything I've seen and heard about For Honor is that it's so deathly serious, and it's yeah. like, oh, for what we all do. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah. Uh, w Matthew in the chat brings up uh, South Park Fractured yeah. Hole, uh, which man, that game is going to be fun. That's also a be... fun title to say. Oh yeah, that's I, I like saying Fractured Butthole almost as much as Detroit Become Human. <laughs> Do you think Detroit Become Human before Fractured Butthole? Well, that's how you know you're human is when you have a fractured butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I became human, unfortunately. Ah. <laughs> oh. I'm excited. It might not be till 2018, but I'm excited for Injustice 2 Complete Edition. Yeah? Yeah, Whenever they... play, that fighting game with the DC superheroes. Uh... I love those those modern midway, you know, Mortal Kombat X. I always like when they release the the version that has all the characters like a month or six months later whenever that comes out. Yeah. I think those are great games. Um, Injustice 1 was fun. There's actually a really good Vita port of it. And I think Injustice 2, like it's a world where I buy into the dark armored uh, DC characters unlike the cinematic world. Right. So I th- that team, you know, Mortal Kombat was awesome. And also it was awesome. So if you put characters I love in it, it becomes, uh, what's that? Getting reports in live, more awesome. <laughs> Let's hope that that's correct. Uh, I think one of the games that will charm me and I will love is Pyre. I think that's probably a little bit of a sleeper for most people, even though uh, Supergiant has made just incredible, awesome games so far um, with Bastion and, oh, Tran, what was that game called? Transistor. Yeah. Um, Pyre is just a novel concept and looks so fun. It's this wild kind of almost like a almost like a sport, almost like a like an NFL game or a, a, a FIFA game, but done in a fantasy world. It, it just seems so fresh and interesting, and I'm really excited for Pyre. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Uh, again, it's like uh, I am with you until you do something I don't like, <laughs> and they haven't done that yet. So I remember when they announced it, I think it was at PAX or PAX East. I remember thinking like, what? You're making, you're making an NBA Jam game, like a three-on-three you know, sports game, esports game. But uh, the more I saw about it and heard about it, it sounds really, really cool. Another game I think might be a sleeper and might be better than we expect is Days Gone. What do you think of that game? I'm not sure if that's this year. Really? I'm just I think not that's, sure. I think that game is going to be this year. I really do. Um, because I think almost everything else we know from Sony is getting delayed. <laughs> I think God of War is not coming out this year, sadly, because I really want to want it to. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate (laughs) days. I I think days gone will be, 
will be this year. I think it's going to be – I think it looks kind of interesting and cool. I mean I'm not super into another zombie experience, but it it might be more story-driven and awesome, and it will maybe feel a little more like uh, Last of Us, you know? That's what I think that the biggest challenge it has going for it, at least how it's been shown so far, is that it does seem very Last of Us-y. And I think it's hard when you make a game that gets immediate comparisons to one of the best games ever made or made in the last five years or whatever that's like automatically like this is good but so i think it needs to find a way to distinguish itself a little bit more either in gameplay or in tone but i think this world where you're you know a badass riding around on a motorcycle fighting off actual hordes of zombies done fun um you know i'm i'm ready to scratch that itch again the dead rising games haven't done that for me recently so i think if this game can deliver those holy crap seat of the pant uh, moment escape moments the thing that a totally different genre of game but that inside captured so well this past year of like oh i made it you know like those are such awesome feelings to have in games a few people in the chat are bringing up persona 5 which is already out in japan i guess but is coming here this year this is a complete blind spot for me in my gaming world i know everyone keeps telling me oh play the persona games you will love them i just I, th- there's something about the aesthetic that that doesn't i don't know i have a it's a hump that i haven't pushed myself over to actually play golden or any of the other ones um maybe persona 5 will, will be that one that finally gets me over the top but it's definitely not a game that i'm you know waiting for with bated breath like many of the persona aficionados i'm super excited i just don't know if i'll have the time i think what made persona 4 golden so great is that it was on the vita so i could sneak in time whenever um and and with this being a console release but like the style i think the look of it looks incredible the trailers they've released look great um the games are so imaginative and so weird but in a a really cool refreshing way like still no one else is really wading into this the 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 world that the persona games kind of take place in and it's such a fun combination of like uh 90210 drama (laughs) and then like avengers or whatever right it does sound like something I would dig. I just – I don't know why I can't bring myself to take the leap. It just seems like a big investment. I don't know. It is. It is. Well, the, the past ones have been, but it's an investment that pays off um, unlike some games that you know require you to invest a lot of time and then you're kind of left like, oh, <laughs> that's over. <laughs> right. I'm surprised you haven't brought up Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I, I'm so it's so hard for me to get excited about that game because I know it's going to be a year of one character every three months. You know what I mean? Like I'm purposefully pumping the brakes on my hype for that game until that game comes out because it's in that's kind of like uh, fool me once. You know they've done me no wrong. Capcom has done me a lot of wrong. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love Capcom. I'm excited for Resident Evil Seven, uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know the roster. It's going to be a slow, painful uh, build up to the launch. So when that game comes out, I will be there day one. But until then, I'm just kind of forgetting it exists. <laughs> Are there any other games I, I, I've forgotten exist? Are there any other things you want to bring up uh, that that maybe games that we don't know for sure are coming in 2017, but you're hopeful? I have one that you haven't mentioned. And I'm surprised you haven't mentioned. It starts with Robo, ends with Recall. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, VR, yeah. Uh, Robo Recall, the demo, is absolutely a blast. Have you played it? I have not. I, I have not seen that available for me. Is that oh, just a thing I can download? Fancy thing that I got, fancy style. I played the the, the train demo. Bullet time, yeah. Which is, which is like kind of the same, but not the Dude, same. Dude, Robo Recall is 
redonkulously fun. It is it is uh yeah. It, I hope that that gets a full game made out of it and is long and interesting and has a cool uh story maybe uh because just the pure mechanics in VR with the touch controllers of just wrecking havoc and being a god. I mean, it's it's kind of like Bulletstorm, and we are getting the Bulletstorm uh, remaster. It reminded me of that, where you you not only feel OP, you feel like you're just a maestro of death. You are you are concocting this wonderful symphony of destruction across the uh, across the streets. You know, you're juggling guys in the air with your bullets. You're reaching out with your hand and grabbing onto a robot by his chest and waggling him around. You can rip his arm off and beat him over the head with it. It is so... And, you, I mean, you catch bullets out of the air with your fingers and throw them back. It's uh, it's insane, insane amount of fun. Yeah, it looks awesome. One that I hope, I don't know if it qualifies as a full game, but I think Uncharted The Lost Legacy mm. is very high on my list. I think, uh, again, uh, I love Naughty Dog. I think that game looks incredible. I like the the protagonist they've chosen for it. I think it's going to be a cool story. One I think that you've maybe forgotten if it comes out this year or not that you were high on that I have not, have not been impressed by is Sea of Thieves. So hopefully that can deliver on, on what you want from it. Yeah, I have a little bit of an uh-oh feeling with that game. Um, I want it to be basically star trek bridge crew but with pirates you know which is i think what they're trying to make as well but i'm a little nervous about i mean the thing i i played it at e3 and i got drunk and fell off the boat and i was like oh this is real not fun but it's because i got drunk and fell off the boat right so you know playing it right i think could be a a blast so i have i remain optimistic for sea of thieves but i am cautiously so and then the last one that I kind of have, again, I'm not sure if it's this year, but I think it's going to finally be this year, Tacoma. Yeah, yeah, that looks really good, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that people have been, it maybe fell off some people's hype train because it fell on it so early, and it's kind of been a while. Uh, but I, I think, I have a feeling Tacoma's this year. The big elephant in the spaceship is uh, Destiny 2. Uh, yeah. Does that happen this year? Uh, I'll save that for later. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. So I think looking at this slate of stuff we know about, it's a pretty strong 2017 already that, that, you know, we're staring down the barrel. As you said at the beginning of the show, even just the first two months, we've got Resident Evil 7, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a pretty strong couple of months of, of games right there. Uh, and then you know it it goes it goes crazier. So I'm I'm pretty excited for 2017. Yeah, no, me too. It should be. A, it just, let's build on the fun that 2016 was, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got a new console from Nintendo coming out, so we'll find out more about that real soon. I mean, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty cool year, I think. Hey, I want to thank our second sponsor, and that is Fireside. Uh, Fireside is a podcast hosting and analytics pr- platform. Uh, it was created by podcasters for podcasters. In fact, it was created by the guy who hosts our our show on his network, Dan Benjamin, the 5 by 5 network. He took everything he knew, uh, everything he learned by, by making this network and built a hosting and analytics platform for podcasters. And uh, it, you can use it if you are a professional podcaster or just kind of doing it as – as a hobby, it's great for beginners. It really takes a lot of the hard stuff out of your hands and it takes care of it for you. But it's also robust enough that if you do 
a whole bunch of shows and, and have, you know, make a whole, you know, you have a whole channel of, of content, it can do that as well. It's got unlimited uploads, unlimited downloads, massive amounts of real-time data and analytics about all of your unique downloads. It's got a super fast CDN for the best download speeds. And like I said, multiple podcast support, free one-click podcast importing from Libsyn, FeedPress, Simplecast, and SoundCloud. So if you're already making a podcast, just one click and you, you got it over into Fireside. It's got custom domain mapping, a beautiful, responsive website with your own artwork, host, and guest pages, and it has tons of advanced features like sponsorship integration, chapter markers, a bookmarklet for links, auto-posting of future episodes, time code linking, and a lot more. And you can try Fireside for free for seven days, during which you can import all of your existing podcasts podcasts for free while taking advantage of every feature that Fireside has to offer. So check it out. The unlimited plan starts at only $19 per month. This is pretty exciting. There's no commitment or long-term agreement to worry about. So there's no downside in checking out what Fireside has to offer. All you got to do is go to fireside.fm slash DLC today. You can take the tour and learn more. It's a fun little welcome message there for DLC fans at fireside.fm slash DLC. Fireside by podcasters, for podcasters. Okay, now is the time that you've all been waiting for, that I've certainly been waiting for, and that is time for our bold and crazy predictions. So two categories here, bold predictions, which is where we step up to the plate. We're not going to be namby-pamby, little uh, kind of obvious things that are going to happen. This is us stepping out onto a limb and boldly predicting the future for 2017. But that's not all. We don't stop there. No, no, no. We're going to get crazy in the second part of our predicting, and that is with crazy predictions that just uh, we, we're sort of flyably insane. Yeah, I think this is the part of the show. It's called Jeff and Christian Say Stuff That's Wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, this is uh, planting the seeds for next year's episode where we uh, laugh at how bad we were at this. Oy. But we did pretty good last year, man. We, we, we nailed some, so I'm uh, I'm pretty confident that we're going to do it again. All right, so here's here's the little bumper for that that I'm about to do. Bold. How's the how's the bold prediction bumper? Oh, that was it. Okay, it's just you yelling, waking up your son. I like it. Yeah, my son is now crying in the other room. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, you want to take the first one? Yeah, I'll take the first one. Um, Microsoft and Oculus announce a more formal partnership, uh, officially bringing the Rift to the Xbox for Scorpio. That is literally my first one. Nice. We're That's both crazy. <laughs> I said that will be compa- Scorpio will be compatible with the Rift, and there will be a Scorpio Rift Touch bundle. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a pretty good – I mean the the reason why that might not happen is that Microsoft showed all those other headsets. They're like right. a bunch of Windows headsets that they're like, hey, anybody can make a headset. Well, let's do it. But I agree with you that it's in both their interests to 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 do that. And I think that the the power of the Scorpio will allow the Rift to really shine. And I think it could – with the strength of the Rift library, it could bolster the Scorpio's launch with all these crazy games that will – immediately work so the only problem and this gets to a kind of maybe another one of my predictions um it creates a world where not all scorpio games are playable on xbox one and i don't know if they care about that and then the other problem is i don't know if the the big suits in the room can come to terms with 
Uh, is it going to be the Rift store on Xbox or the Xbox store on, you know, like how they come to terms with that licensing stuff? I still I still stand by it as a crazy prediction, but uh, I think there are certainly hurdles in the way. Uh, Stephen A. Rivers says, do not bundle them. How did the bundling of the stupid connect work? I, I don't mean there will be. It's the only it, bundle. Right. It will be a skew. You can buy the Scorpio without it, but this is a way to get in on VR where you can buy it all as one and it'll probably be heavily discounted. That's my that's my prediction. Uh and I think I think that could be really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I mean I think it it makes a lot of sense, but I think it it definitely, yeah, like I said, has its <laughs> has its hurdles in front of it. Here's my first bold prediction. What you're doing oh right, right, sorry. Bold. Crazy. Right. Bold. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Sucker Punch's new game is announced at E3, and it blows me away, but it is not infamous. Okay. Okay. So a new game from Sucker Punch that is not an infamous game, even though I would love a new infamous. I would love Infamous 3, but it is a open-world action game that is not infamous. Yeah, I'm, I I fully support that. I think it's time that we see something from Sucker Punch. I think you're probably right. I think they will give the infamous uh ip arrest even though i thought second son was phenomenal and i think uh first light or whatever that um standalone you know dlc they did for it was also really great and apparently looks amazing with the pro which i which i do not have um again sucker punch has made great games so you know do you think they get back into the sly world or you think it's a brand new ip i think it's a brand new ip okay i'm on board simon i hope you're right I think that'd be awesome. I mean, as much as I would love a new Infamous game, I think the Infamous franchise is woefully underrated. Me too. I think Second Son is so good, and I I could stand to play more of those, but... Yeah. Uh, all right. Bold prediction number two from you. Uh, so it has parts that are bl- more bold than others. It's like a salsa that gets you on the back end. Uh, Zelda launches in June for the Switch and doesn't come until September for the Wii U. Crazy. So you think that they... No, bold, Jeff. Bold. Oh, sorry. Right. Bold. So you think that they will intentionally delay it for Wii U just to juice sales for the Switch? Yeah. I mean, there's precedent in that with the uh, GameCube um, Wii launch. Right. And, you know, I don't know if it will take that long, but I think it's a substantial... Like, I think it's like, you know... Zelda comes out beginning of summer for Switch and end of summer for Wii U. It's kind of like uh, if you want this thing at all, you're buying a Switch. Like we're going to put it out for Wii U, but like you've already bought the Switch. <laughs> so you think that it – so part of that prediction is also that Zelda misses the Switch launch or yeah, you that, think Switch gets yeah. delayed. Yeah, I feel like that's the less bold part of that. I think the writing's on the wall for that already. Um but you know, I'm putting myself out there. I'm calling. I'm calling my shot. I'm calling a June launch for Breath of the Wild, which you guys, you know, what is that? Three months after launch for the Switch, so right. it's a little bit bold. Bold, I say. Um, here's uh, my next bold prediction: Destiny Two will be announced for PC. It will be a 2018 game, and it will be a complete refresh of the franchise with no carryover of characters. Okay. Uh, PC is a little bold. Activision doesn't have the best track record with PC gamers loving Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have the same you know player base, and they've certainly done things to anger fans over the years with no dedicated servers and this, that, and the other. Remember that protest? I will don't buy this game. And then you looked at like the Steam playlist, and everybody that signed that protest was playing the <laughs> right. playing the game. But I, I could see. Do you think there'll be crossplay? 
between no, PC and... No, I don't think there'll be cross-play, but I, I, I mean, it will definitely be on consoles as well, but it will also be, you know, I think they recognize that there could be a bunch of PC players that would love that game. And I will, I, the only thing I will challenge you on, I think there will be carryover, but nothing substantial. But I think if you have like a Destiny 1 save file, or even like if you have all of the expansions, you get like a really cool, whatever the equivalent of like a flaming helmet is. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I an awesome cape or something. They like will that. reward their their uh, their player base. Yeah, their existing player base. But I don't think it will be like take your character into the, I think it'll be more the EverQuest 2 of you know, this franchise, what it'd be like. It's a new, new world. Yeah, I see. I, I, I'm okay with that. But not until 2018. That's my also prediction. All okay. right. Bold prediction for you. Well, you already said it. I guess it's not as bold because I guess everybody expects this, but I, God of War misses 2017. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that game coming out this year, but I hope it does. It looks so good. They have said that it's fully playable. It's kind of the, the tweet that came out from i forget where it came out from but like official like the whole game we can play it uh but i think yeah i think it misses 2017 you can't until 2018 (laughs) yeah i think it's a horizon zero dawn type game you know that comes out early 2018 yeah that's kind of my feeling as well that that yeah it's uh like a march (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah all right here's one this is this might actually be so bold it's crazy okay super mario for the switch is called Super Mario Time, and time traveling is a central mechanic in the game. Yeah, you're wrong. Great. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. Either that or you're getting Todd Johnson fired from Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like, you either know that's what it is or you're just wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I want to be bold. That might be a crazy prediction because that's like – it's so specific. Yeah. I'm really, really probably wrong. But uh, I'm still – like the, the image – there's an image of him in uh, like an Old Westy kind of like uh, Deo de Muertes you know, type of situation. And I kind of thought eh. – When Miyamoto uh, – or no. Um, uh, was it, who uh, – during the Jimmy Fallon revealed he had Samurai Mario. Right. Samurai. Maybe he's tam traveling to, to medieval Japan, feudal Japan. Okay, oh, I still think oh, you're wrong, but yeah, that's I'm crazy. Probably wrong. Yeah, that's I'm crazy. Probably wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll keep. <laughs> I'll keep. Go ahead. Maximaldo says, uh, "Jeff Kanata, that that's just wrong. You've seen the footage from the Switch trailer, right? That's just wrong." Yeah, I saw. Maybe it. you'll be right in 2018. Like, yeah, the one they put out in 2017 is definitely not that ambitious. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, all right, you got another bold one. Yeah, I'll stay on the Switch train. Um, third AAA third-party support for the Switch falls off and basically stops six months after the Switch launches. But that's not bold. It is that's... right now because what everybody's saying is that it has it's tons of Unreal Four support. Third parties are jumping at the jumping at the bit. You're to do saying this thing. it's going to do what every Nintendo console has done since the Super Nintendo. Okay, well, it's not, I'm, I'm a... calling. I'm calling the months. Okay. All right. What were the months again exactly? Six months. <laughs> Six months. Half a half a year. All right. It's gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's that's generous. I think there's some launch titles from Ubisoft, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one more bold one, and this kind of falls on my. I like, have two. Uh, so who's coming to bat with predictions this year? You are. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, this kind of goes to my, like, maybe I was just early last year with my X-Wing versus TIE Fighter prediction. But here we go. Three different Star Wars games will be revealed at E3 this year. One of them being the Amy Hennig one. 
So we're not even saying they're getting launched this year. We're just going to no. talk about them? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be the year of Star Wars at E3. It's going to be like all of the work that we've been doing uh, because Star Wars is revving back up in a big way at EA. Uh, you're going to see it's going to bear fruit. So mark my words right now, Jeff, uh, this time next year when you're putting together the how do we do thing, mm. go scour the internet for mobile games yeah. that get announced in, in concert around E3 and you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Amy's Star Wars game. You know, she's kind of getting out talking about, uh, I think Glixel had a piece on how she creates worlds and stuff like that. So they're kind of slowly revving up that hype train, but I'm super excited. I, you know, Yeah, that game could be amazing. I mean, it, it may be... It's clearly not a this year game. It may not even be a next year game. It could be a 2019 game, but I think they talk about it at E3 this this year. And I also think maybe a Star Wars Battlefront sequel slash update slash. Well, yeah, they've announced that, right? Yeah, and then maybe X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Like it all could happen. (laughs) This is the year. This is the year. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, sir. Um, Okay, so this is the one that. Uh, Here we go. I'll just read what I wrote. (laughs) At the end of the year, Jeff's game of the year still isn't a VR game, even though he wants to pick one for it, mostly to prove me in this prediction wrong, but he still just can't. (laughs) Uh, That's probably right on. But I hope it's not. I hope there is a I hope there's a VR game that just owns that. I, I think it could. It's certainly possible. Uh, and this year, I think this is the year of VR, Christian. This is the year where VR really comes into its own. Yeah, last year was the year of <laughs> VR, you know, arriving on the scene. But this is the year when they've really had some time to work with it, and it's all going to be, it's all going to be happening. All right. Okay. Okay. This is my last one. A new Rocksteady game is shown, and it definitely involves a DC property. You think it's not Batman, though? Ah, uh, I think it could be. I think it could be that Damian Wayne game, even though that's apparently at Montreal. But I think, you know, Rocksteady has been super quiet about what they're doing. They did Arkham VR, which is excellent. Um, but I, 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 my prediction, my bold prediction is they, they're still not making their new IP. They're still, you know, doing what they do. I don't know if it's Superman, Green Arrow. Oh, I would love for it to be Superman. Something. Yeah. I don't think a Flash game where I mean, I guess Inf- Infamous Second Son proved that a Flash game could be cool. But uh, I really don't think a Flash game is – it doesn't sound like a fun mechanic to just be fasty, fasters. But I think a Superman game, especially with what they created in the open world Batman games where you're basically flying around the city anyway. And you know the, the flying mechanic in um, the DC uh, – what's it called? The, the uh, MMO. Um, oh, yeah. Um, DC Universe or whatever. Yeah, DCUO. Yeah. Uh, that is super fun. So I, I think a Superman game would be really cool. Yeah, I, I'm a little nervous because Rocksteady is kind of known for bringing the pain. Um, you, you you look back at like Riddick or you know some of the where these people have worked on games and come done things. Um, so I don't know if I want an, another depressing Superman, but I'd love to have them prove me wrong and and like have Rocksteady do a cheery art style, cheery Superman game that's like truth, justice in the American way. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well. I don't bet on it. Superman is dark and brooding now. Thank you, Zach. Um, what if they, you know, update the old uh, Batman VR, make it a, into a full, big, long experience? They they won't, but I'd love that. They won't, but I would <laughs> love that too. But I yes, think a, a Green Arrow, Black Canary game would be great too. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I don't know if that character has the juice to sustain 
a big AAA title, but maybe. Um, all right, so those are our bold predictions. Now it's time for crazy predictions. See how crazy I got there? Yeah, you have to go first this time. All right, crazy prediction number one. Sony will announce a new controller for PSVR. Okay. This is because the Move controllers are terrible. Yeah, they're uh, not great. Yeah. And th- this might in- also include a new tracking system for the headset. The reason this is crazy is because it seems like Sony doesn't care about PSVR. <laughs> just right, yeah, they're done with it already. It. Yeah. And uh, well, by the way, that gun peripheral does not count next year. You cannot point to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. That doesn't count. I think it will uh, include better, more, you know, sufficient hand tracking like the touch does. Um, and, uh, you know, it it certainly doesn't feel like they're doubling down on, on their headset, which is a shame. But I, I'm hopeful that they recognize how substandard those move controllers are. And uh, this is more of me hoping than anything else. But I think it could happen. Crazy. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. We won't get that until PlayStation 5. Like, they're not... They're not doubling down on this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's uh, the PSVR and the Vita are about to become really good friends. You know, right. people love them, and there's some great games for it. But Sony's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. We don't remember ever putting that out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Crazy prediction, Spicer. One quote: Scorpio only game is announced in the first twelve months after the Scorpio launches. I almost made a Scorpio prediction that it would be its own console. Like that it literally won't it just will just abandon an Xbox One. And I backed away from that. But you're kind of thinking they're doing it as a half step of you know, we yes, it's still an Xbox One, but then a little bit later, like psst, Scorpio only. Yeah, and I don't know I, I don't know if I can cheat next year and if like that VR thing becomes a thing, if I can cheat and say, like, see, I told you. Uh, no <laughs> cheating. Sure. I'm not sure if that counts or not, but I think there will be because it's just like if this thing is really as powerful as they're saying it is, some developer is just going to walk in, you know, to Todd Johnson, who's now the president of Microsoft by the time this thing comes around and they walk into his office and they call up Mark from marketing and they're just like, dude, I can give you this game that runs on an Xbox One or if you just let us make it Scorpio only, you get this and they pull the string and the curtain drops and it's like the best game ever, right? Like, (laughs) how are you going to have a thing with six teraflops? be playing a game i can play on my crap box one well, that's why i think there's a legit chance that they're they change their messaging and they and they just make it the next console and it's not they just they go oh you know i was this close to making a crazy prediction that said i just thought oh this is very unlikely but i i almost said scorpio is its own console and they offer a rebate to current xbox one owners I That's crazy. The, the, it's crazy because the logistics of that are insane, and I, they would never do that. But I kind of think that might be a possibility, you know, without the rebate part, where it's more like, "Hey, Xbox One over Scorpio, New Era. Let's dominate. Be most powerful." If I have a launch connect bundle, do I get even a? Do I get it just for free, basically? <laughs> yeah, I have that too. <laughs> Yeah. I give them my day one controller and my connect and they're just like, Congratulations, here's a free Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Yeah, you, you get a free one. <laughs> um All right, here's my uh, my second crazy prediction. Nintendo Switch surprise launch title. Excite Bike. That's my daughter's favorite game. 
it's the coolest, right? She's playing it on the your your yeah. electro system. It's not, but it's not that. It's not a. Um, it's not. It's like a new Excite Bike game. Here's here's why it's crazy and probably wrong, but here's why what I where I come to that. They aren't ready to put out a Mario Kart, even though they showed Mario Kart on Switch. That was fake, and they're not ready to come out with a Mario Kart. But they do want to come out. They do want to come out with something that is multiplayer and. Uh, showcases the fact that you can take one controller and hold it in one hand and another person can tell, hold the controller and, you know, the halves of the thing can – you can play multiplayer on the same system. And you can make an Excite bike that looks new, it, you know, has updated graphics and looks cool, and you can control it with two buttons and, you know, a D-pad. And so it would work with just half of the controller. And they could even make it where, you know, you could sit across from each other and it could be upsy downsies. It's an updated 3D Excite Bike. I'm going to help you out here, and they're going to call it uh, Excite Bike Maker. Yes, there you go. There you go. I like the that. The first Excite Bike already was that, right? right? And they really leveraged into that, and they actually somehow develop uh, an actual online infrastructure, which they won't because Mario Run is still awful <laughs> in terms right. of sharing levels or speed runs. But you're able to make and share your, your tracks that you make with people. Um, I I would love that. I think it launches at like thirty, forty bucks, something like that. That'd yeah. be crazy. That's crazy. Is my crazy prediction. Yeah, I like it though. I hope you're right. Yeah, got a crazy one. It's crazier than yours, good sir. Oh, during calendar year 2017, Nintendo announces a new handheld only system. <laughs> yeah, this is where, where I laugh and laugh, and then I next know year, me too. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so. It would be the most Nintendo thing to do, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> They're like our new. It's not dead. The Switch is great. You can take it anywhere. But if you really want to take it anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> this is where next year when I'm editing the, the episode and I go, oh, yeah, pull out this part where I'm laughing, like thinking how stupid an idea that is. No, it is. It's a stupid idea, but I think it's just stupid enough Nintendo might do it. So they put out a hybrid system that is a handheld, yeah. and then they mm-hmm. also update the 3DS somehow, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Time to go sit in the chat says, oh, no, he's right again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to just double on one more because it combines with this. So Sony announces a new handheld also. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so, but these are more wishful. Uh, <laughs> you want you want a Vita 2? Yeah, or a PSP 2. I like, I like the Sony handheld. Yeah. Neither of those is happening, but uh, I like how crazy it is. Right, they're crazy. I'm out. I'm out on a like for bold predictions. We were out on a limb, and now the limb has broken, and I'm just yeah. falling to my death, yelling things as I fall. Exactly. Yeah, this is free fall, crazy prediction time. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good. I have any? That was that's. I'm toast for uh, for a crazy prediction. Do you have any You're, more? Oh yeah, I have three more, buddy. Come three on, three more. We go. Oh yeah, I'm on it. You. I'm on it. All right. Um, Give me. Very credible PS5 specs hit the rumor circuit and are later proven accurate. All right. That seems like one that we're not going to be able to prove by the end of the year. Well, I don't know when we're going to be able to prove them accurate, but Klepek or somebody like PS5 is a thing that is soon. And, you know, maybe they even pull a Microsoft like E3 press conference like Scorpio trailer. Like also, by the way, PS5 is not soon. They just came out with PS4 Pro. Yeah, it's a stopgap to help them for a year or two until PS5 comes out. All right. That's wrong, but okay. Well, that back part isn't part of my crazy prediction. PS5 specs leasing, leak, leaking is. Uh, Destiny 2 comes out, 
and is considered game of the year by many major outlets slash people in the press. Well, that is in direct opposition to my prediction that Destiny 2 will be a 2018 release. Uh, You think Destiny 2 comes out. I don't know if it's crazy. That seems bold. That doesn't seem crazy. How could it seem bold when it's opposite of what yours is? Well, because I was being bold, and uh, you fight bold with bold. <laughs> you don't okay. fight bold with crazy. I think it's crazy. <laughs> I think it's crazy. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. Um, and this last well, let's one. Talk about, let's talk about what, okay. what you think Destiny Two will be. If, if we're in Crazy Town, let's talk about what do you think Destiny Two will be? Do you think it'll be more Destiny, or do you think they'll? Uh, will it be true open world? kind of uh, MMO experience, which is kind of what I'm hoping for. What do you think is going to be the same basic experience of playing Destiny? Yes, but I think you're putting a negative light on it. Yes, I think it's still a first-person shooter, a best-in-class first-person shooter, but I think they do open up the world, but at the same time close off the instances more and and come with a Taken King even more... Um, focused story approach but i think those stories will kind of be smaller that maybe all connect in some brand grand scale but i think you'll see like um and not that the wow expansions are small but the way like those stories kind of stand on their own and i could see them going with something like that where maybe it even launches with only three stories you know um like hitman did this year uh you know they kind of put those out piecemeal like here's the game at 60 bucks it gets you in you've got this world that you can play in and grind in or whatever and then we have these awesome instead of the raids it's these narrative stories that then also have raids and in-game stuff to them but i think they they lean into narrative a little more than they did with the first one while also opening up general play does that make sense yeah uh, here's my crazy prediction on what destiny 2 is it has more classes and they're more different. There's going to be like a full-on healer class. It will be there'll be classes that actually make a difference in how you interact with your team. And I'm sure Destiny players are going already. It makes a difference how you interact with your team, but I mean in a much more traditional way. And they have other things to do, like crafting. There'll be like a crafting system where you go through and there's ways to mine resources and and uh build things that you can sell to other players okay, yeah i mean there's certainly some of that in the game already in terms of like getting the ores and you know whatever you're right doing. yeah but i think that like the the it's more of a uh a trades k- skill there's like trades craft mm. you know yeah mm. yeah i'm excited about the game i think that's the the thing that the dilemma they run though is like how MMO do they make it and how shooter do they make it? Because I think if they go full wow with things, I think that overwhelms some people um, that are kind of coming from like the Halo fan base. But maybe they, it's been long enough since that, you know, Bungie's been the Halo studio that they can they can do that and people won't think like, this ain't my Halo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of hopeful for that, I guess, because I'm much more the MMO guy rather than the Halo guy. So maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm clearly not the fan base that they're courting anyway, but I would love to be courted. I want to be courted. I like being courted. Yeah, yeah. Well, my last one is court is courtship. This is my last crazy prediction. Um, I don't know if it happens this year, but Microsoft announces its own version of the PlayStation Experience Conference, and that is where they court gamers to do cool things. I talked about it on a, at least twenty more minutes. So I think the PlayStation Experience has become a really cool thing, where Sony's setting themselves up for a potential post E three world. And I think Microsoft saw. I mean, Sony announced some really big stuff. 
at uh, PlayStation Experience this year. And I think Microsoft kind of has their eye on that. And I think they might look to to do something like that themselves. And I think they'll talk about it this year. Well, didn't Microsoft do that first? Like years ago, they did the Xbox, what was it called? The, I want to call it the Xbox Experience, but it wasn't that. It was the Xbox something. It was like a all Xbox conference and they stopped doing it. I don't know. I just remember they drove in on like a Mack truck when they uh, they weren't officially at E3, but they showed up with like a in a 18 wheeler with like Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you also I mean, this is a little bit of a downer idea, but don't you also think that that 2017 will continue the slow, sad death of E3? I mean, it's only sad if but look at all the other fun, exciting things we're getting, you know, like, right. I, yeah, I think E3 kind of won't be the same as it's been for years. But I think that do they look to turn it into a more PAX like event? You know, they experimented with that this year with and I think the public area was awful this past year. But, I, you know, I think they're they're keeping their head on a swivel to, to see what they can do to keep it as a as a thing. And I think if it goes away as a thing, I wonder if they'll still, you know, publishers will get together there's something about getting all of the press in the industry together whether it's gdc packs or something like there's a lot of really exciting video game conferences that happen each year and even if it's not e3 i think the industry is still going in a cool way for getting uh fans together and getting people together and getting people hyped about the industry so i don't think if if e3 officially ends i don't think that's a bad thing per se yeah, I think it will be replaced, you know, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Other other things will happen. It will be more diverse and probably harder co- to cover for people like us. But right, yeah, that will uh, that will. I, I honestly think that it's waning the concept, the traditional concept of what E three has been. But that's yeah, well, I, I get it. I get it because imagine, you know, you're a game and you want your game to get noticed. <laughs> it's right. like if you're not one of the big four like games coming out that year, do you want to have your announcement at E3? Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And, you know, traditionally what a press conference is is a way to disseminate information, and we don't need that anymore. It, right. They, they can ju- do the Nintendo model, which is just give you a Nintendo Direct directly to you without having an intermediary. So. All right, is that it? Is that all your uh, your crazies? That's all I got. Oh, and the Kanadas will have another kid. Oh, not by this time next year. Please, <laughs> God. Please, God. Uh, I, uh, I I bet you will be more up on, on VR next year than you are now. I think you, now that you're a, a full-on owner, I think you're gonna, there's going to be games this year that are just going to rock your world. And I, I hope so. Like yeah. Wow, man, it's been a it's been a it was a fun uh, first episode of 2017. I uh, I'm so excited for what we have coming up this year. We're gonna have more guests. Like I said, we'd love to hear your recommendations for people that you'd love to hear on our show guesting. Um, and you can send those to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also post them in our subreddit uh, that is a five by five dlc.reddit.com. And we always welcome any questions or comments in both of those places. And uh, I'm going to make a resolution this year to be more inclusive of uh, viewer comments and questions. And I, I would love to have a dedicated Q&A section. Our show gets longer and longer every year. So I don't know <laughs> I don't know where to fit that in. But I would love to incorporate more, more listener feedback and stuff. So uh, please keep it coming. We love it. And uh, I'm excited for where the show goes next year. So um, I'm glad you're along for the ride, Christian. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year. Let's 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 do it, man. Let's, let's do, do it. it. 
Uh, speaking of doing it, what are you doing? Uh, what can people follow you and what can they expect from you in the, in the next week? Well, I don't know about the, the next week. I mean, I just, I'm just kind of getting my feet running in 2017. Oh, I do know this. I will be at the La Jolla Comedy Store this weekend um, featuring down there on the 6th and 7th. I believe that's Friday and Saturday. And then also doing guest spots at uh, Madhouse in San Diego. So longer sets at the Comedy Store. And then I'm running over and, and doing some guest sets at Madhouse, both in San Diego. So if you are there, go to those shows, maybe whichever one you're closer to. Or if you want to see me do a longer set uh, go to La Jolla and, um, man, it's too early for me to say anything. Um, but, uh, I have, uh, three things that I think all are going to come. They're all going to bear fruit this year. And I am very excited for 2017. If, if these things hit, um, when and how I want them to, I think it's going to be an awesome year. So I guess That's stay exciting. tuned. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, one thing I can't say, we have more marriages done and those will be dropping soon. It's a, a web series I wrote. And you can find the first four that Jeff and Chris Quinto star in on my YouTube. And there are three new ones coming. Um, they'll be launching here pretty soon. Best way to keep up is uh, Twitter, which is at Spicer. Jeff, congrats, by the way, as uh, one of the Internet's best duos. Not you and I, but your other podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just uh, that would be the We Have Concerns podcast, which is named Internet Podcasting Duo of the Year. Uh, which is, uh, uh, I think, I, as I said on Twitter, I think that means we have to kiss now, Chris, uh, Anthony and I. So I We've been know. waiting for it ever since it became live-streamed, like video. I mean, everybody's <laughs> been, that's what we've been waiting for. Um, so you can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. It's a comedy science show, only 20 minutes per episode. I, I think you'll dig it. Give it a shot. Uh, also, I do the Slash Filmcast over at slashfilm.com, and that is uh, a blast, uh, talking about movies and TV shows. We just did our uh, top 10 lists for 2016. That comes out, I think, either today or tomorrow. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. It's a really, really cool conversation. And you can find that at SlashFilm.com. You can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, We're excited about the new year. Uh, We appreciate all the folks in the chat that have uh, hung out contributed live to our show and we appreciate you for downloading it and listening tell your friends uh, it's it's going to be a great year we're looking forward to it until next week think about what you put out into the world make it a better place <laughs>